0: We're just so glad that you're here today. I'm so excited by all that God's doing. And who knows, if we have time today, we need to get the band back up. That song, that second praise song today... I just could feel people going, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm praising my God today." So if we get chance and believe for a miracle that I preach early, let's get the band back up. Smudge, get ready to get the band back up, and we're going to go out praising God. Look at our army of young people. There must be 40, 50 young people. Give us a wave. Come on, let's give them a wave as they're going. There, you guys are awesome. They're off to ignition an army. Listen, I'm so excited about all that God's doing in the church, but something that's really filling my heart at the moment is after 25 years, churches, 25 years, family church, Portsmouth, we've been building here for 25 years in October, and we finally got round to opening our own ministry school, and that's opening the doors in September, and it's called Forge Ministry School. Forge Ministry School where lives are fashioned for the purposes of God. There's going to be two streams within it, ministry and the workplace. And we're just, me and Pastor Stuart are like buzzing about this, what God's going to use the forge to be. And it all came from a dream that I had about four years ago where I felt God say to me, open the house of the blacksmith. Open the house of the blacksmith. If you read in the Old Testament, it says that the children of Israel couldn't fight because the Philistines had taken away the blacksmith house. And so weapons couldn't be made. I just feel God saying to us at this moment, open a blacksmith's, open a blacksmith shop. Not a Bible school, a blacksmith shop. And forge and fashion lives for ministry and for the workplace. So we're going to give you more details on that soon. But if that's something that you're interested in, begin to pray about it. What about giving God one year of your life that will affect the rest of your life? Give God one year of your life. That could affect the rest of your life. So doors are opening in September. We'll give you plenty of details on that. Brilliant. Everybody doing good? Come on. Who's enjoying this weather? Come on. Can you believe I saw on Facebook this week, right? People were complaining about the heat. I don't know what to do with people like that. Help me! I don't know what to do when you've come out of such a winter of discontent, such grayness, but one day of sunshine. Oh, it's hot, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, I'm out there spraying hairspray trying to get it hotter. I'm getting that ozone removed. I just I love heat. That was a joke. I'm not really doing that. I'm not really doing that. I don't own hairspray, alright? Okay. Listen, I want to continue today on the journey that we found ourselves in. We've been speaking the last few weeks about not worrying and trusting God. It wasn't something I set out to preach, but it's something that I really feel God encourage in my heart to minister to you, to make sure that you're not worrying in these times, but rather you're trusting God. Because the opposite of worry is trust, and the opposite of worrying is trusting, And I really believe that, as we've been sharing the last few weeks, God wants us to be a people whose hearts are not failing them because of a fear of what may come on the earth. But rather, our hearts are peace-filled in a fear-filled world. Come on, that's my prayer for family church, that family church folk in all our congregations would have peace-filled hearts in fear-filled times. Can I get an amen? amen? Now. Today I want to continue to talk about trusting God, but specifically talk about trusting him daily. Now, if you go to the app, we've got some message notes, that's something recent that we've been doing. If you go to the app and go to resources and blogs, I've scribbled down some of my key thoughts, and I could, compl- you know me, I could preach a completely different message, but I did my best to try and write something down with verses and notes, and you can go there and follow the message notes, or as many of you have been doing, study them during the week. What did Pastor Andy say? What was that verse? Let's go back and have a look. So again, that's on the app for you to enjoy. So I want to talk today about trusting God, and specifically trusting God daily. I've called my message today, Man of Life or manner living. That'll make sense as we move through the message a little bit further. In these uncertain times, God is calling us to live a better way than what the world lives. Do you believe that? In these uncertain times, and boy are they uncertain. If you didn't think they were uncertain, watch the news for 10 minutes and they're even more uncertain than what you thought they were. But in the midst of uncertain times where things are moving, inflations are going up, fuel is shifting in price, the electric, and all this stuff that's going on, God wants us to have hearts that are worry-free. Remember where we went the last couple of weeks, that we're a people who are purposing, like Solomon taught us last week, to be guarding our hearts. Above all things, guard your heart, because out of it come the springs of your life. Remember what we said last week, put a bouncer on the door of your heart. And let peace stand alongside him as a secondary bouncer. And make sure you're not letting fear in because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. But you're letting the peace of God that passes and transcends all understanding guard and reign the innermost part. Solomon wasn't talking of your blood pump. He was talking of the inner man, that place where decisions are made. Let your heart be guarded by the peace of God. And then also, we've been listening to how Jesus said to us very clearly in Matthew 6 Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Now, we've been saying we're going to commit to have the worry free life that Jesus said was available for us to know. But can I be honest with you a little bit today? Even when you're hearing these words, this invitation given by Jesus do not worry do not worry, do not worry, this incredible invitation, isn't it still, I might be alone, but isn't it still a challenge not to worry? Even though we've got the promise, do not worry, the Father knows what you need before you ask. You're more worth than a bird or a bit of grass, the Father knows. Even though we have this incredible promise where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Just think about the day and enjoy the goodness of God in your day. It's still because of our humanity sometimes a challenge not to worry and we all need to purpose on a daily basis to choose trust in God over worry. Now again that comes along with us purposing to be guardians of our heart. Now when we talk about trusting God... Trusting God is something that we're called to do, but this is where sometimes it becomes difficult for some. God wants us to trust him on a daily basis. God wants us to be people who don't fear next week, next month, a year's time, but we walk in a trust relationship with God, a faith walk with God, where we're daily trusting him for what we're facing right now but also the things that are coming around the corner in our tomorrow now actually trusting God may feel like a bad thing or something that makes you feel vulnerable but you know it's actually a could you couldn't be safer thing trusting God daily trusting the promises of God over your life as one of his children a sheep of his pasture may feel vulnerable But it's actually a couldn't-be-safer reality. Because other things that you may trust in in the world, even if they're not wrong, can fail you. But here's the good news. God never fails. So God's calling us to walk with him in a daily trust relationship. Where every day we're saying, Lord, you know what I need today. God, you know, not just in finances, in health, in relationships. God, you know what I need today. And you've promised to provide for me today what I need for the day that I'm in. Now, for some people, many people, the problem with this is it's countercultural to how you've lived or even how you've been raised to live. Right? Because in the world, you were raised to store up for tomorrow. Now, please, let me just say, I'm not against wise investments. I'm not against anything like that. Hey, it's a pleasure today to have a dear friend with me, Jeff Letts, who's, when it comes to investment and handling finances in a godly way, I don't know anyone that teaches that better than uh, my friend Jeff Letts, who's visiting with his friend Steve. How many people remember when Jeff came and taught us on tithing? Seven years ago. Come on. Now, make sure you give a good God bless you. Now, don't touch him because apparently COVID times, you're not allowed to touch anyone, but just, just wave, all right? And uh, it's so good to have Jeff with us because Jeff uh, really understands um, the financial principles of living with God, with sowing and reaping, and those principles are godly principles. So, warm welcome to you, Jeff. What I'm, yeah, come on, big Welcome. It's funny, Pastor Stewart said to me during the worship, you know me, during the worship my brain's everywhere, he said, are you going to say hello to Jeff? I said, yeah, yeah, leave it to me, Stu. And then I got up, started preaching, and I looked down and I went, oh man, oh, should have left it to Stu uh. But listen, when we talk about trusting God daily, don't feel that I'm not against God leading you to make investments, to have full barns, Joseph had a full barn to take care of the needs of the people Um, don't think I'm anti-pension or anything like that that's not what I'm preaching today what I'm preaching of is sometimes a moment happens a season happens that actually God brings into your life to bring you from trusting in those things to trusting in him God doesn't mind you having stuff he just doesn't want stuff to have you God doesn't mind you having future plans, finances, and pensions. He just doesn't want your security to be in those things, but in Him. And I've learned in my life, sometimes the Lord will lead you through what I've called a manna life season, just to bring you back to the understanding that your life is called to trust Him daily not just for finances for health and for whatever may be needed in your world but for some people this comes easy because they never had an option if you've lived by faith and never had backup plans pensions safety nets you're like what's the big deal Andy I've always lived like that I've always had a plan for tomorrow but sometimes God can take your plan away or touch your plan for tomorrow not to harm you but to make sure that your faith for your future is securely in him. I've known incredible testimonies, and I'm sure Jeff could tell you so many as he works with people in finances, of people that had everything and lost everything. But then God restored everything. And often in those moments, you'll hear these people say that in that moment, even though it was bad, they learned something invaluable and that was we're to trust God daily with our lives if we have things in savings and if we don't so maybe you're here today and you go well I've always had to live like that Andy I I got married started having kids there was never excess there was never savings I know that pathway but for others today you could maybe say well actually I was raised differently But I've got pensions, my life is secure, my next generation, my generation's generation after that is secure. What if for a moment all of it was taken away, would your security be gone? Would you jump out of the window at Wall Street? Or would you say, well in God I trust. And if I have it or I don't, if I pension or if I not, if I have savings or if I don't, God is still the provider of what I need each day for my life. Now, like I said, this way of living can be challenging for some people, but not challenging for others who have never had the luxury of having a guarantee over certain things in their life. But I believe that this way of living is a moment that many people are finding themselves in. Now, let's just separate finances. That's just one section of the pizza of your life. That's one slice of who you are. If your life was a pizza and we divided it into slices, there would be the financial you. There would be the the, the relational you. There would be the work you. There would be the health you. There would be many sections to who you are. God wants to be your provider, your protection, and your providence in every section of who you be but you need to make the decision daily to make sure that your trust for your today and your tomorrow are firmly placed in him now living this way I believe is something that a lot of people are experiencing right now certain backup plans they had aren't there anymore certain securities they had safety nets are not there anymore let me just tell you something to encourage your heart. God is still there. And his promises are still here. And he is more faithful to his word than any person that's promised you anything. So when we read the Bible, we see that it encourages us, even exemplifies for us, positive things about trusting God daily. Now again, in your message notes, you'll see 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 where it encourages us that we're to walk by faith, not by our senses. Everybody knows that verse. Walk by faith, not by sight. Sight is one of five senses. But God says, don't let those senses determine the well-being or the peace of your heart. Let your faith in God and his promises do that. But then also, like we've mentioned, we've read Matthew 6, 34, where Jesus almost casually says to us after saying, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. He says, hey, refuse to worry about tomorrow. That's the passion translation. Refuse to worry about tomorrow because enough worry for each day, each day has. Now that's Jesus speaking to us. He knows your today. He's not surprised by your tomorrow. He knows the end of a thing from the beginning thereof. He knew you before you were formed in the womb. He knows all of your days. He knows all of your days, all of your days are written in his book. And he says to you, don't fear tomorrow, I'm in your tomorrow, don't fear your next year, don't fear your end days of walking the planet, because I am as much there and trustworthy as I am here with you in this 24 hours. But then also, if you go back in Matthew 6 a little bit further on, And we're taught the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray. Now, you all know that bit in the middle that says this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Now, a lot of us want to rewrite that prayer. Give us tomorrow's also. Give us today our daily bread and next week's and 12 months. In fact, my I were at it, every day of my life, while I got breath in my body. Yet Jesus said, no, this is a relationship of trust with God that's daily trust. Enough is the worry of the day thereof. Trust me in the day for what you need in the day. Now, like I said I'm not against the wisdom please don't think for a moment I'm against the wisdom of savings or pensions I'm really not against that what I'm saying is beyond that whether you have savings or pensions or you don't this remains true you've got to trust God daily because you may have more money in your bank than you can spend in three lifetimes but what about your health what about your health What about other needs that are not financial? You see, this isn't a subject about money. It's a subject about God in all of my ways. I'm going to choose to trust you. Acknowledge you. Lean not to my own reasoning. But trust you, Father. Now, we call this way of living, trusting God daily, well, I call it manna life. And manna life, like I said, is that moment or that season where you suddenly find yourself without safety nets that you once had. But in the midst of that moment, God shows you his daily provision. As the sun rises, his provision rises with it. As the sun goes down, that's that day finished. When the next day rises, God's God in that day. But we've got to move over from a store-it-up mentality that feeds our securities, to a God has promised me, I trust you daily for what I need way of thinking. So we've got this moment in Exodus chapter 16, and this is where I get the thought, manna living from, some of you already went there before me, because we have this incredible story of, they reckon some theologians were most commonly believe it was around 2.4 million people. Other theologians argue, well, it was 60,000. I don't really mind because it's still a miracle, okay? But most commonly believe that when the children of Israel led the captivity of Egypt, there were over 2 million of them. We can visualize this because we've watched Sky News. They estimate in between 2 to 3 million people have now left the Ukraine to be refugees in Moldova, Poland, Romania and the surround. So we understand what that looks like in our modern understanding. But when we picture this moment of the children of Israel leaving Egypt, the place of captivity, they had daily food but they also had slavery. We see them come through that moment of baptism. We spoke on baptism a few weeks ago where they were set free from those who had authority over them. But then we see them come into this place called wilderness. And wilderness wasn't meant to be 40 years. Apparently it was only a matter of days or weeks to get to the place of promise. Yet because of disobedience in their heart, they chose to spend all they actually got to spend 40 years walking around in meaningless circles, not arriving where God wanted them to go. Now, God had led them out of Egypt to take them to a land of plenty, but they never got to the land of plenty because of disobedience. And they spent 40 years walking around in this wilderness, but every day God gave them food to eat because of his faithfulness. Every day he gave them water. When they mumbled, they, he gave them quail. And he even caused the soles of their shoes not to wear out. Can't you see that God's faithfulness is even in your disobedience? They didn't deserve that. But God is faithful to what he promises. Even in moments of my life where there's been disobedience, I've always sinned the, faithful the faithfulness of God and it made me fall before his mercy. But uh, what we see is this, this exodus of people... They're coming out of captivity, suddenly they're in this wilderness moment, and there's a couple of elephants in the room. What are 2.4 million people going to eat every day? Bit of a problem, I have to feed five kids. (sighs) Sometimes I read this, I'm like, yeah, i get that, I'll get that, especially when they're getting bigger, especially Ethan, before he, he moved away, I was like, how am I going to feed this kid? Now God had a plan, he said, I'm going to feed you daily. He could have fed them weekly, he's omni. He could have given them everything they needed at the start of their journey. But he said, I'm gonna feed you daily. And the people, the children of Israel, responded to that in a number of ways. Now I'm gonna read to you from Exodus chapter 16, verses two to five, and then I'm gonna no, I'm actually gonna skip two to five, and I'm gonna go straight to 13 and 20, verses 13 to 20. Because God comes to Moses in verses two to five. And basically says to him, Here's my master plan. Every day go out, and there'll be enough provision for the day. If a person needs enough for five kids, there'll be enough for five kids. If they've got ten kids, they'll have enough for ten kids. But this is what I'm asking you do not store up for tomorrow. Trust me daily. He was teaching the people of uh, his people something in this moment. So let me pick up a storyline in verse 13. That evening, Quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost were spread across the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Here's the rules. Take a measurement for each person you have in your household. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it, by the measurement of the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little didn't have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed for that day. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it till morning. All good news. But then comes the human element. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots the next day, began to smell, and angry, was them, angry with them was Moses and God. So here was the plan of God. All right, I want to bring you into a daily trust me relationship. He explains to Moses, every day I'm going to give you uh, manna. I'm going to give you supernatural bread that's more than what you need one day. I don't know. Did it come in different flavors? I don't know. Did the people go out on Wednesday and go, hey, today it's banana manna? I I don't know. All I know was God doesn't rob us in our experience of what he provides. It must have been delicious. But even with that, the people begin to grumble. Just bread, just bread, just bread. God rolls his eyes, Moses rolls his eyes and says, okay, I'll provide quail or meat each day as well. And every person had a jar that represented their life. All right, Every person had a jar or a container that represented what their life needed, not for a week, but for a day. Now, if you had five kids, that's how big your jar was. If you had one kid, that's how big your jar was. If you had no kids, that's how big your jar was. If you were married, that's how big your jar was. God knew the needs of every person. And every person had a jar, and all they needed to do, nice and simple, wake up in the morning, get up, get your jar, and just say, ah, God's going to take care of me today, he promised he would. And they'd walk out into into the field, and they'd fill their jar that represented their life, with God's provision for that day. And then they'd go and eat it and be filled. And then the next day, they just do the same. Now you say, that's nice and simple. Yeah, it is, right? But some people couldn't do it. Some people could because they'd only ever known the provision of God in this way. But other people, it says, however. Don't you love the howevers? However, some could not handle this way of living couldn't handle it and so they'd sneak out and I'm looking at some of you you would have been just like them I'm not letting my eyes rest on anyone but they thought they were being ingenious and entrepreneurial they went out and they went oh come on everyone's around I ate today's let me fill it with some more let me get tomorrow's or next week why because they were worried God wouldn't do what he said it was atheism it was atheism God had clearly spoken what he was going to do, but they couldn't believe what he said. So they made provision for themselves for their tomorrow, but their provision rotted in their jar. Why? God could have given them enough for the rest of their lives in one sitting. But it wasn't about the daily provision. He was teaching them how to walk... In daily trust with him. I believe that many of us in this uncertain time, where everything that people placed confidence in, security in, even our own budgets, you can have a budget, but when they lift the fuel price by 54%, that can mess up your budget that was already tight. What if God knew 54% was coming? What if the promise of God is, I have promised to give you what you need every day, and it, here it comes? And if British Gas put up the cost by 54%, I will put 54% more in your jar? What if? What if this moment doesn't have to be disastrous? What if this moment doesn't have to cripple our heart with fear of what may come upon the world? What if in this moment we could cross from knowing the provision of Egypt that really wasn't that tasty and it came with whippings? And say, alright God, all right, I find myself now in a moment or a season of man of life. I took care of myself, others took care of me in the years that went by. My own initiative, the craft of my own hand, secured my future in days gone by. But what if today every other safety net is being shaken? And God's plan in this moment is not for you to be crushed, but for you to find your jar for you to find your jar listen if you belong to God you got a jar if you're one of God's people you got a jar and the size of your jar represents the size of your life like I've said I'm married with one wife somebody say amen and I got five kids no way could I be married to five that would anyway I'm not no no I'm not even going to go no no stop stop Andy you're doing okay stop right there I've got one incredible wife called Gina, and I've got five kids. That's the size of my jar. Oh, as well as about a thousand people that call Family Church home. That's the size of my jar. Which means God, each day, is going to give me the manner to feed and provide for those he gave me stewardship of. But maybe you're here today. And you say, oh, my kids are grown up, I've got a few grandkids, but no, I've got no dependents. Isn't it funny when you fill in a financial form, it says, how many dependents have you got? I say, what, legal ones or people that do? <laughs> what figure do you want me to put down? Because our lives are meant to carry others. We need to be helping people to discover a trust walk with God by having one ourselves. Do you know the best example that we can give to our children, our best example that we can give to our families, isn't to have a pension for your future. That's good. Don't get me wrong. It's to teach them how to trust God. So that when seasons change, they're not broken. When things are uncertain, they're not afraid. Teach your children to trust God. Oh, teach them all the other good principles that you learn in business college and financial college. Teach them. I'm not saying don't teach, but I'm saying above them, teach your children to trust God for their health. So if there isn't a vaccine to solve the problem, they know the one who heals. Teach your kids to trust God with their finances so if overnight, Everything is gone because of a wrong investment. Their lives are not broken and they don't jump out of a window in a place called Wall Street. But they go, hey-ho, it came, it went, it will come back again. Just going to keep on living my life trusting God. It's just another day. Teach your kids to trust God when they begin to have kids, when they begin to raise their families. You see, one trait that Jewish people had, but it's a beautiful trait was they always passed on their stories and what they'd experienced with God to the next generation. So here we are. Do you want to get the band up, Smudge? So I'm, I'm going to cut my preaching short. I just want that song back. Anybody else? I'm like, I, just, I, I could actually feel parts of my body moving in that song that I didn't know could move. I was feeling rhythm in my legs that just was not normal. It was like the Holy Spirit just started praising within me and didn't even ask my permission. But in this moment, as we close this morning, God is talking to us about trust. God is talking to us about not worrying, not living in fear, but choosing to be a person that steps out of a I-store-for-my-life way of thinking... To a, I'm trusting you daily, God, and as you were faithful for 40 years to provide everything that the children of Israel needed, even in their disobedience. So my God, you are faithful. My God shall supply all you need according to His riches in glory so I suppose what I'm saying at the end of a meeting is really simply this where are your eyes set today are your eyes set on the promises that others have made you an employer a pension company an investment portfolio are your eyes not not, not your business your eyes set on them to be the provider in the safety of your life maybe your eyes are set on you Well, my dad taught me how to raise myself. My dad taught me I'm a self-made man. The problem with self-made people is they worship the one that made them. Think about it. The problem with self-made people is they worship the one that made them. Listen, we need to be God-made people that say, Father, when the sun's shining and the accounts are full, I trust you. But God, when the when the clouds go gray and things i trusted in are no longer there my heart will not fail me because i trust you do you know the safest place for anyone that's human to be today is in a trust relationship with god maybe you're here today and you've never been in one maybe you're here today and you've said i've been to church i've experienced religion but I can't say that I've got a personal relationship with Jesus. Listen, you can have one today. What I'm saying is in one moment, you could pray a prayer today that would end the worry and the anxiety that's filling your life. Because not only does God, you see, I love this, not only does God save you, but he comes to live inside of you. Oh, think about that for a moment in one moment after one prayer you may have come in this room empty but you can leave with the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ living in you how holy does he make us in that one second of prayer but he comes and makes us home and when he's in the boat the waves and the wind may blow but peace remains solid in every storm We're going to go out praising today but before we do I just want to give an opportunity for anyone that's never given their life to Jesus maybe you're here today and you once walked with God but you haven't walked with him correctly you need to bring your life to him you need to say this day I give my life to Jesus Jesus come and live in me come on let's pray this prayer together ever so quickly all together Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for me for forgiving my sins making me holy So that you can live in me. Jesus, I believe in you today. Thank you that as I do, I'm born anew, made a new creation, given a brand new start. I believe. Amen. Amen, amen. Just my every eye's closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something really quick. I'm going to ask you when I count to three, just to lift your hand up. If that's you, you've never known him, you've never had a relationship with him, you're coming back to him today. Here we go. One, two, three. Anybody today, just lift your hand nice and, nice and high. Anybody today, just always going to give opportunity, just in case there's one, there's two, there's three. Anybody today. And Father, we just thank you for saving our lives and giving us peace in troubled times. Father, I thank you that the treasure within the earth and vessel of these people will be the confidence of their tomorrow. Father, we thank you that you are in our today and we can trust you. You're in our unseen tomorrow and we can trust you. And Lord, today we purpose every moment to get our jar, step into every new day and say, my God today provides everything I need. Amen, amen, amen.